Join me in prayer as we go into our message time here at Elevating Life Church. Let's pray. Lord, we praise you for your capacity that you've given us to choose life. Forgive us for falling into bad attitudes through circumstances. We ask for a Christ-like confidence through observing and obeying the way, truth, and life of ultimate goodness. Yield to your reality now, in Jesus' name. And everybody says, Amen. You may have a seat. Amen and amen. Somebody is messing with my notes. Oh, I see. I'm already lost, right? Uh, Who's messing with my notes on my team? Come on. I know who you are. I know who you are. Well, that's okay. Uh, I'll just do it from the hip. How's that sound? Uh, let me say this. Hello, and it is good to be with you on this Sunday. Uh, the Sunday before Jesse, uh, uh, go, uh, Je- Jesse and I, uh, we're headed off to Israel tomorrow, and we're going to spend a couple of weeks there. So be praying for us as we uh, go in, uh, in, go into this moment uh, of a time where we get to truly, uh, I, I would, I'll say it this way, John, I get to visit the motherland. Is that a good way to put it? Uh, and really enjoy that. So be praying for us as we uh, move forward uh, in, the, in that experience. So we'll be leaving tomorrow. All right, for uh, I see a lot of guests here. Good to see you. My name is Drake. I am the senior pastor here at Elevating Life Church. And let me say welcome to everyone. Welcome guests. We know there's 80 churches uh, in our, our community that you can choose and you chose us. Thank you for being with us. We truly, truly appreciate it. Uh, let me say welcome to our regular attendees, uh, be it here uh, over uh, the social media platforms. And let me do a special uh, welcome to our membership, because I think many people uh, fail to realize the reason all of this happens with uh, whatever we do here at Elevating Life Church is because of committed and engaged members of our church. So welcome, welcome, welcome to everyone. Now today, uh, we will be in the book of John in the Bible. The book of John, chapter 3, uh, is continuing uh, our our year 2023 in this uh, new message series we're in John chapter 3. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Phillips translation this morning. Uh, if you have a tablet or perhaps on your phone, uh, I'm going to be reading from the Phillips translation rather than the NIV. And I want to do this because I want to make sure that the conversation that we're going to get into here in a moment is seen in the, in the, in the entirety of the conversation and not just a few words. Because we can get lost uh, in Scripture sometimes and just grab onto a few words we like. And so uh, I'll be reading from uh, the Phillips translation again, John chapter 3, that starts our message titled, ready for this? Religious people are lost. Spiritual people are found. Now to find out what lost and found is all about, read with me Jesus' words to gain a deeper understanding of what it means to be a real, sincere child of God. John 3, 7, again, Philip's translation reads this way. Very familiar chapter in the Bible for those who've been going to church for a good while. It says this, I assure you, said Jesus, that unless a person or a man is born from water, And from spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Notice the small K there. Very important. 
Because there's the kingdom of earth on earth right now. That's what he's referring to. And he says, Jesus says, flesh gives birth to flesh, and spirit gives birth to spirit. I need to pause here. There's, there's a semicolon there, there, so I get a pause double on that, I guess. Now, understand, I think we all understand, flesh gives birth to flesh means the physical birth, a literal birth. Raise your hand if you've been physically born into this world. Go ahead, raise your hand. Oh, there you go. Some of you teenagers are a little confused. I get it. <laughs> okay. But then we see this crazy, rather than a physical, uh, biological birth, he, he gets into, and spirit gives birth to spirit. This is a figurative okay, birth. Or we can say, rather than uh, a physical, it, it is a, a spirit birth that's going to give you uh, energy from God that will give you a new attitude, a new belief system. The fear of the Lord, it's called. Now we have to understand something here. Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus. Now if you're not familiar with Nicodemus, anybody here watch The Chosen by any chance? Raise your hand if you've seen that. Many, Yeah, many of you. That's a new series. Nicodemus is the, the um, primary character in the first Chosen. But uh, Nicodemus is a religious uh, individual. Uh, he came to Jesus at night uh, because he didn't want all the other religious people to know that he was going to Jesus. He does it by night. And now let's put this, we got to put, let's give it a proper setting here. Nicodemus, other notes. Nicodemus, in our day and age, would be compared to, let's say, you'd go to the church in Rome and there's a council with the Pope. He'd be one of those leaders, if you will, coming to Jesus. We kind of see this cute little figure in Sunday school, Nicodemus. But this is so radically important because most people miss what's going on here. Nicodemus is a religious zealot, a Pharisee, the Bible calls it. And we need to pay attention, especially those who have grown up in the church and have become religious themselves. Even to the point of leadership. Because if we don't understand that, we don't catch that here, we'll miss the entire message or command, be born again. So he goes on and says, you must not be surprised, Nicodemus. Obviously, he was surprised. That I told you that all of you must be born again. Listen to what I just said. All of you. Not just Nicodemus, but all of you. Who do you think he's referring to? All of you. In context. Anybody? The religious people. Anybody here know any religious people? And some of you teenagers are looking at me saying, I'm not religious by one, even a little bit. Don't be surprised that I told you that all of you must be born again. The wind, now here's an analogy coming up. The wind blows where it likes. You can hear the sound of it. Think about wind now. But you have no idea where it comes from, the wind, and where it goes. Now he's going to give the interpretation of what that is. And he says, Nicodemus, with all of your you know, doctorates and all of your fancy experiences and all that, says, nor can you, Nicodemus, or anybody for that matter, tell how a person or a man is born by the wind or the breath, the, the word in, 
in uh, Hebrew is ruach, the breath of God. Nor can you tell how a man is born by the wind, the breath of God's Spirit. That's John chapter 3, 7 in the context of that conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus, which begins our message again, titled, Religious People Are Lost in All of This. Spiritual People Are Found. Now, traditionally what we do here to launch the message from the time we read uh, Scripture is I ask a question. And guess what? I have a question for you. Okay? I want you to think of your own experience when it comes to church and your religious experience, whatever that is. The question is this this morning. Do you feel, with everything that, that this experience is or whatever, do you feel lost in the Christian faith? Now when I say the Christian faith, I'm not saying how you interpret it. Are you lost in how it is interpreted objectively from the tree of life, not the tree of the, uh, the knowledge of good and evil? Do you feel lost in the Christian faith and or life? And is it causing misery to the point that you continue to allow guilt and shame to drive your life where it's eating away your soul? Do you think about that in your mental makeup and your, in your heart and what that is? The question again is, do you feel lost in the Christian faith and or life? Well, tell me this. Did God make us in His image to be uncertain of Him and life to live on shaky ground that causes us, you, me, to be crazy? Absolutely not. Not even for a moment. God wants us to live confidently and securely with Him, and please catch this, true believers. Because even Jesus said the, believer, uh, the demons believed. <laughs> They're believers. They just weren't born again. He wants us to live as true believers, personally, your personal relationship with God, and each other, relationally or collectively. Now as Jesus shares, in His second command as we teach it here and in our verse today, to stop living on shaky ground and craziness, get out of that, you must be born again. Period. You must be born again. Let me start this way. A doctor by the name of Oliver Sacks, he's a neurologist, tells us about uh, a patient of his. His name is Virgil. Now Virgil was a man who, who has been blind from childhood. When he was 50 years old, underwent surgery and was given the sight, uh, or excuse me, was given the gift of sight. However, as he and, and Dr. Sachs found out, having the physical capacity for sight is different from seeing. 
Virgil's first experience after the, uh, the experience, uh, the surgery, were very, very confusing. He could make out some of the silhouettes and outlines and you know things he could, he could make out. But arranging those figures and colors and everything that it takes to truly see, uh, he could not. He could not put it together. He could not put it in an understandable, meaningful, colorful picture. And for him, it was extremely impossible, or excuse me, difficult if not impossible. Now, over time, he learned to identify various objects, but his habits and behaviors, hear this, were still those of a blind man. His habits and his behaviors, his attitude and belief, all of that. He never successfully recovered from his blindness. And Dr. Sachs said this about the whole experience. One must die as a blind person to be born again as a seeing person. He's talking about this physical experience. And with his observation and interpretation skills of uh, this experience with the patient Virgil, Dr. Sachs made his claim, made this claim of what actually Virgil needed to do. Again, let me give you that claim so we don't get it out of our thought. One must die as a blind person to be born again as a seeing person. So Dr. Sachs made this claim of what Virgil needed to do to conquer his blindness. You see, Virgil never crucified his old attitudes and or beliefs about being blind, where his habits and his behaviors never changed. It never happened. He kept living as though he was blind. The point of the story and the message today is this. To see Jesus truly and in His truth means more than just observing and watching what He did and said. He, it means a whole new identity in who you are and what you do. It's a whole new life. It's about giving birth to a new reality. To travel the higher roads of life with God and like-minded people. Not a bad attitude, mind you. A lot of people, not paying attention, you got a bad attitude. I'm talking about people that are paying attention. We do it with people with like-minded people. Are you paying attention in life? To Jesus' life. About giving birth to a new reality to travel the higher roads with God and like-minded people. People who were once blind, but now can... There's too many people blind. Converted people. That's what it means when you're born again. You're convert. So converted people with good attitudes and beliefs. Developing good habits in relationships and behaviors to the direction of the glory of God. 
Again, people who were blind, but now can see. And as Jesus said, it's a shame because that road is so narrow. So narrow. So just, you can connect Virgil's story here. There's a lot of people walking around saying they are born again. They went through the surgery. But they're still in the bad habits and behaviors of this world. They're not paying attention. They're lost as Carrie was in our skit this morning. Their actions, rather than adding value in a relationship, hurt. They say they're born again, but their actions, how they interpret life, and how they think says otherwise. So with that, let's define what it means to be born again. Being born again means a redeemed life. And as I shared last week, it's a redeemed life, not a rehabilitated life. This ain't a program, folks. Jesus isn't a program. He's a new life. Think about it. A rehabilitated life implies fixing you up, fixing up things. We're not here to improve or fix anyone based on worldly, selfish attitudes, and or belief. We're not here in the fear of man. We're here in the system, the belief system, the fear of God. And it's about giving birth to a whole new life. A new life to be secure and, please hear this, unique, given a unique identity. Wonderfully weird as we say it here. It's about giving birth to a new reality. A redeemed life. To redeem our perspective, you can say philosophy, you can say your worldview, redeem our outlook, whatever you want to put there. Redeem our perspective and beliefs to thinking and feeling and acting like Jesus. Or we can say God. If that's not your goal in life, and just going to church, and you're just kind of following the traditions, the habits, and the behaviors of the church, listen, you're in the same boat Nicodemus was. You're a religious person. You come and it makes you feel good or whatever. We're talking about a committed new life. It is critical or you will face the consequences of death. Now you can see why I'm taking this message so serious. This is the, uh, the critical message. You have to hear this or you'll never get to that new reality. It is crucial. Once you have a conscious, you can pay attention that you make a decision. Think about it. A physical life. How many of you had a choice biologically coming into this world? Raise your hand if you had a choice in that. If you raise your hand, come and see me about illusion and and fantasy and all of that. Okay? You didn't. Think about it. We got things so backwards. So we worship family and all that and everything that that is, not realizing, no, you're put here First and foremost, to get you here so that the plan of God, goodness can be lived out. Not in, a, in, a, in an area of place that you didn't have a choice, but to get you to the place of maturity where you get to make a decision, a choice, and be born again. 
It's a choice. Now the next choice, as we saw with that little skit, is you've got to follow somebody that's been there, done that. You've got to do it. Well, I don't like... Well, be careful with I don't like... Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because she liked it. Come on, parent. i got some teenagers in here. Teenagers, I know this. I was a teenager. I know with a gray beard. It doesn't look like it. But... There was a the time I was a teenager. I hated what my parents told me. I didn't like it. But guess what? We've been there, done that. We ask you to kind of just trust us and follow us. Here's the way. Let me show you the bigger picture. And rather than resisting and resisting, rather than being religious, let's get into a new life where everything is good. Now, being born again, uh, again, means to be redeemed. And we have to hear that. And being redeemed means Christians' highest priorities are again to think, feel, and act like mom. Wait a second. No. Like who? To, to act and feel like uh, my boss because he's making a lot more money than me. No. Every day, faithful Christians, and here's something to get on your to-do list. Every day, faithful Christians ought to say multiple times a day, I got to think as God thinks. Or you can say, I, can, I got to think as Jesus thinks. I got to think like Jesus thinks. I got to think like Jesus thinks. We do that when we wake up. We do that in the midst of the day. We do that when we go to sleep. I got to think as Jesus or God thinks. Let me say this, God only thinks on the fruit of His Spirit. I got to think as God thinks. You might want to write that down. I'm saying it for emphasis. If you care. Jesus, uh, just as Jesus shared with one of the most significant religious people in His day, Nicodemus, the only way we can gain a new attitude, a new belief system, is you must be born again. Lock on to Genesis 1.31 where God said, everything that I've created is good. I'm good. Your neighbor's good. Everyone. Now, the problem is you're lost in the badness and the brokenness. Because when you look at me or I look at you, what happens typically is we look at you and your problems. That's not how Jesus thought, right? You're a problem. Never once. I don't know who you are. I just met Terry. No. We look at you with these new lenses of grace and truth where we get to see the vision of God. And when the vision of God is gone out of your life, you will perish. Are you with me? Where there is no vision of God, the people what? You either believe that and grab onto it now, get that into your belief system, or I promise you, in your faith and in your reality, you will perish. That means you will become lonely, empty, and you will live out a living hell in life. It's a guarantee. It's a promise. The problem is, you want to believe everything else of the world. We've got to be born again. And if we miss it, we're in dire straits. Because... Please don't think of hell as some cute little devil guy 
on a slot machine. I went to Lockout a couple months ago with my in-laws. Uh, or some cute character. Hell is emptiness, aloneness, and being all by yourself. Where there's nobody... Even people, Be careful, religious people. Don't say this. It's just me and God. That's a religious stance. There's me, God, the Father. There's the Son, the church. And then the Holy Spirit. You need to allow the breath of God to saturate your soul. You must be born again. Now let me say this. The term born again freaks out many people. Hey, if you lived when I was a teenager, you remember uh, Tammy, Tammy and uh, Jim Baker? <laughs> well, I tell you what, and all, everything, you know, if you sent money in, you know, you'd get a mug or something like that. <laughs> it's a pretty good development. We, we got to raise some money here. Maybe, a mu- maybe the mug is the answer. I don't know. But going back to when I was a teenager, you know, uh, these born again people come on, you know these, uh, uh, you know religious people, and they 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 would try to zap you, if you will, and all of a sudden you become born again. Well, listen, it doesn't work that way, and that's the reason the term born again is so. It still it gives me a trigger. It's like when I hear it. Uh, other words are like uh, Bible thumpers. Uh, somebody else, give me some of your words. Come on, I'm not can't be by myself here. Jesus freaks. Kind of like that one. But the term born again freaks out many people. Why? Because people watching uh, both inside and outside of the Christian faith see many religious people confused and lost in the goodness of life. Not only in goodness of life, but in the goodness of God. Hence, religious people are lost. Spiritual people are found. Excuse me. Now, unfortunately, lost people, religious people now, uh, if you ever thought about this, Jesus was born into a religion. The Jewish religion. They, they were, Israel was considered the... So God says, man, everything else is pretty screwed up. But man, has the religious people now, my people, really screwed it up. i got to get right in the middle of it. Because I'm going to have to teach these people, Nicodemus included, and all the leaders, how to be found. Because they're completely lost in life and in God's way. So unfortunately, lost religious people are linked to being born again. And these lost people with their black and white thinking, their twisted understanding of feelings and emotions, and horrible acts towards mankind. I'm talking about religious people now. Degrade what it means to be fully born again. When people associate, uh, let's say, secular religion with sacredly being born again, it's blasphemy. Where a hellish picture of guilt and shame and condemnation expresses a religious hell. Again, religious people are completely lost. Spiritual people are found. Most people here are familiar with Gandhi. He is known as the father of India, a spiritual guru. Raise your hand if you know Gandhi. Found the best picture we could. There he is. 
Now, check this out. In his youth, in searching for truth, folks, Gandhi was so impressed by Jesus because of all of these Christians that would be talking about him, and he wanted to experience, uh, he was so impressed by Jesus whom Christians claimed to worship and follow. Now, because of this, Gandhi wanted to know more about this Jesus. The one Christians called the Christ, which is the model, the life, the Messiah. Now, unfortunately, it was never to be. When he searched uh, for answers at this particular church in this particular denomination, Christian denomination, he walked in and they turned him away because of his low class and not being white. Gandhi was turned away from the church and rejected uh, because religious people, these so-called religious people, Christians, were utterly lost uh, in their misinformed ways, their interpretation, their subjective and deep, dark, empty ways of Christ, and lousy performance or mannerisms, bad behavior. And it's devastating why Gandhi shared these words when he asked why he didn't convert to Christianity. He said these words. I'd be a Christian if it were not for the Christians. Ooh. Now I want you not to be objective. Let's be subjective. Go to your life. You that say you're born again. Is your thinking is your feeling and your emotions that are projected, expressed, emote, emotions, emojis, you guys with that yet in our age? And, and or action, performance. Would this be the case with anybody that would run into your life for the rest of your life? I'd be a Christian if it were not for... Whew, I hope you hear that. There's too many Christians today are a bad expression. We are created in the image of God where we need to truly understand our responsibility. Gandhi never had the opportunity to be born again. And the so-called religious people, when observing and experiencing them, pushed him away and other peoples, and this other people away. And this is one of the reasons why people freak out when they hear the word born again. Going back to Tammy, Jim Baker, all of those people back in the early 80s. It pushed me away. Uh, I grew up in San Diego. All of these Christians, so-called Christians on the beaches, in their penny loafers, in their suits, passing me out stuff and ridiculing me, trying to guilt me and shame me uh, because uh, I wasn't like them. And funny part, Scott, you're like this. Your life sucks. I'm like, sucks? I'm having a vacation. It's great. They missed the mark. There is a true reason we do this. Yes, that was great for a while, but that catches up with you if you don't have the right belief system, the right attitude. So I went in the military because I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do <laughs> for 21 years. Please understand the term. Please hear this. Please understand the term born again is a symbol or representation, a metaphor okay, of redemption. 
and an identification of redemption is restoring something to its original purpose. God created you. All people are made in the image of God and have a choice to give new birth to a new attitude, a new belief system where it changes your habits to be like Christ and express Christ and to have new behaviors wherever you're at and know how to connect with people when you're in relationship. That you're going to add value to them rather than going off like a bunch of religious people where you talk behind people's backs and backbite. No, we've got to be born again. A new attitude, belief system. If not, if you don't consciously do this. Now if you hear, if you're here and you're like, I've been a Christian my whole life. Understand how this doesn't work. You have to consciously bring in the Spirit of God. Make a choice so that that new attitude and belief system, the fear of the Lord, then becomes your new reality. And you're hanging out with new people. People that are going to get you to the goodness of life. Born again is critical to understand, and as I already stated already, cannot be understood as a rehabilitation program. Talk to anybody who's been through that four or five times. It's not working. <laughs> I got the people, I see you. You're doing this, folks. Big. So it's critical to understand it's not a rehabilitation. The words of Jesus, you must be born again, speaking to, again, Nicodemus, are not about fixing up or cleaning up life. Redemption is about total death of old attitudes and beliefs starting all over again with a spiritual new birth or life I should say to establish complete trust in the confidence of God you must understand up front it's about attitudes and beliefs that need to be converted not habits and behaviors religious people want you to change your habits and your behaviors and you're going to go to church and they're going to tell you you need to change your behavior because it's bad No, you need to change your entire attitude and get new beliefs so that then the byproducts are those good habits. Mental habits. habits, How you interpret life and how you act. Is this making sense? You must understand up front that it's about the attitudes and beliefs that need to be converted. Again, not the habits and behaviors. That comes with the other aspect of salvation known as sanctification. Sanctification, now, sanctification means becoming more holy. You've got to work at it. But sanctification, becoming more holy, happens after what is known as justification, that you're standing just in front of God and or you've been converted because you were born again. It's justification first. You can do all the habits. You can go to AA. You can do all of that. You can do whatever you need to do to try to make you more uh, holy or better. But if justification is not there, you'll go to that program again and again and again. And then you'll blame everybody else and then you'll become a victim rather than a victor. Are you with me? Now here's the cool part about this whole message now. To be born again is about is open to all people. But I'm going to say this, and I need you all to look at me with your eyes here. Here's the kicker. The choice is yours. It's not your mom or dad's. It's yours. And yours alone. 
You didn't have a choice with the first physical birth. You have a choice with giving new birth to a new attitude. By the way, attitude just simply, let's define it quickly. Attitude just simply means the state of mind. You need a new attitude. And then we start developing those new beliefs because you have over 10,000 beliefs. The kicker is that you and only you are the one who can choose. And thank God for the freedom of Christ. All people are born into the human race, not by choice. However, being born again is entirely your choice and is either rejected or accepted by you through freedom of choice. Now, as I'm wrapping up here, let me give you two books to read, if you'd like to read. Number one is Billy Graham's book, How to Be Born Again. If you're a religious person, you haven't figured this out, and you cannot consciously remember that there is a time that you chose to be born again, read this book. However, on the other side, if you are born again, uh, and you need to be born again again, can I say that, John? <laughs> I'm making up stuff as I go, okay? Read the book, Intentional Living. Don't forget, we're living on purpose. Intentional Living by John Maxwell. And then make sure you're reading John chapter 1, 2, and 3 in the book of John. And I'd highly recommend do it through the Phillips. Now, once a person becomes born again, this is what's going to happen. We've got a book here. You're going to become born again, and the first thing that happens, and i got to get this on camera, will be this. You're going to accept this new birth, and things are going to get crazy. What's going to happen is, is your life is going to be like, can you see that? Just white sheets of paper. See that? It's going to be like, a snowstorm. Remember Paul, he was, he, he was lost. In the sense, once he became born again, he couldn't see. And again, that's how life is going to be. But what happens when you follow the proper people? You're trusting God and you're following the right people. And you're actually starting to grow and you're learning how uh, the Ten Commandments in the sense of the belief system of God. You're learning the character traits of Jesus. What will happen is, from that snow, what will happen is things will become come into focus, but they're going to be black and white at first. Okay? They're going to be black and white at first. And it's hard. It's difficult. Like Virgil, he only saw barely even that with his physical, but in spiritual, you're going to just see black and white. But that's not what we want. We got to work at it. The Great Commission. Love and work. Love and and effort, the Great Commission. And you go at it, you live intentionally. But once you live intentionally, it will come together. It might take a couple of years. But good night, if you're going to go get educated in school, it takes you four years just to learn one subject. What will happen now is this. Things will come into color. Life will come into color. Make sure you understand the process. Born again. Work. Can you see it? Color. A vibrant picture will come into place. And you might just live 
not just, you will, with confidence, live a life based on how God designed it. In integrity. Not in part, in your own little world in your mind. Not interpreting life by your feelings and what you think or what you like. But interpreting through the principles and the belief system of God, the fear of the Lord. Where you're going to act and you're going to actually deliver the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, all the way to where you have self-control. Where you get to say, it is well with my soul. Folks, the message.